Hello and welcome to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. This is your host, Ellie Rome. So are you someone who struggles with food cravings or emotional eating? Are you confused about what actually is healthy for you? Or are you struggling to actually make being healthy work into your life? Then this is the podcast for you. I'm a certified holistic health and weight loss coach and former sugar addict binge eater here to give you practical tools and health tips that you can start implementing now to lose weight, have more energy, and truly transform your relationship with food. Welcome, this is episode nine of the Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast with Mindful Belly. And today, this episode, I got to interview Kat Klein, who is a certified holistic hair and makeup artist. She's the owner of Aura Apotheca, which is a holistic boutique that offers all-natural hair care and skincare options, and she's a budding herbalist and also a past paleo food blogger. So we have so much to dive into today. She actually also recently launched a line, her own herbal line of teas, elixirs, tinctures, and herbal smokes. So I'm excited to share all of this with you guys. And we start with diving into really her journey with paleo and AIP, which is the autoimmune paleo protocol. And for those of you who don't know, so paleo is, is a diet, but I like to call it a way of life. And it's basically eating less processed food, eating really real food, low sugar, lots of vegetables and meat, whole fruit, nuts and seeds, taking out the commonly problematic foods that are inflammatory for a lot of people, which are like gluten, grains, dairy, soy, legumes, and the AIP is an autoimmune protocol, so it's a little further. So it's like paleo, but stricter. So eliminating nightshades, which are things like peppers and um, eggplant, which have basically lectins that can be they're a protective part of the plant that can be problematic for a lot of people with um, exacerbating gut issues and inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis and other things like that. And so certain people do better without these things. And also eggs, nuts, and seeds fall into that category too. But um, yeah, so diving into really her journey with that and then how that got her healed from depression and skin issues, endometriosis, and so many things she was dealing with. And then we also talk about how that kind of got her into the holistic hair care. And she teaches us what to watch out for and then diving into the power of herbs for healing and her journey through that as well. So I hope you enjoy. I know I learned a lot and there's so much more we're going to dive into in the future. So this is just the tip of the iceberg and I hope you enjoy it. All right. So now for the show. (laughs) Hey, Kat, how's it going? Hey, Ellie, what's up? So y'all, this is Kat. She is the owner of Aura Apotheca and she, I'm psyched to have her here on today. So Kat, if we want to get started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I own Orapotheca, obviously, which is a holistic hair care and skincare boutique. So I sell all natural hair care, skincare. Um, I just launched an herbalism line. And um, I came about all of this through um, paleo. So I love all the health and nutrition stuff, which obviously is how we met and started talking. Yeah. Kat actually came to one of my sugar talks and it was so nice that you came and we really connected and she's been doing my hair, teaching me about products for like the last year or so. So super excited to dive in. Um, Where do you, where would you like to start? 
Uh, I guess the best place would probably be paleo and autoimmune protocol since that's my background because that kind of gives you an insight like where I'm at and where I came from. Um, I started paleo, I want to say seven years ago now, or maybe eight, I lose track, um, found out that I was severely gluten intolerant and so immediately kicked out gluten, um, and then slowly morphed, I guess I started out more primal, which just means you can have dairy, you know, rice and potatoes, um, swapped into more paleo, slowly started cutting things out. Uh, I saw a huge improvement, but I didn't like a hundred percent recover. And so I came across the autoimmune protocol, which back then, um, Eileen Laird of Phoenix Helix was basically running, um, helping to run a group called Autoimmune Paleo Recipes, and Nikki Trescott had a book and a blog, and that was it. There was a few, like, other initial bloggers, but I started helping out, um, they asked me to admin the group within like a couple months. And so I was like, sure. And slowly turned into uh, me doing recipes and blogging. And then all of a sudden AIP exploded and there were bloggers left and right with all these amazing recipes, amazing cookbooks. So I went from like no support to tons of support and getting to work with some of those bloggers and, um, you know, help them with guest posts, stuff like that. So that was like a really cool journey. But in the process, I discovered I had psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, that endometriosis could be tied to autoimmune. Um, asthma and allergies can be tied to autoimmune. So it was kind of like this really cool journey um, from a health perspective, but also in a learning about food and wellness and trying to improve that as well. Um, so I did AIP on and off for about three years, um, saw a huge improvement in my health. Um, and I've been paleo since, um, some version of paleo. I did play around a little bit with like um, Ayurveda and trying other stuff, but I found out recently um, lectins are just not my friend. So grains, legumes, and nightshades are the top lectin foods, and that's exactly some of the main foods that um, paleo says bye. <laughs> um, obviously nightshades, tomatoes, peppers, um, eggplant, goji berries, those are great for people that can eat them on paleo, but for us on the autoimmune protocol, if you discover that's a trigger for you, um, you pretty much just have to be willing to give them up because I haven't successfully reintroduced them. Yeah, oh, I, there's so much here that, thank you for sharing all that. So many there's things so I want to talk to you about today. So starting with like, we've got the hair care, and then I want to talk about AIP, like autoimmune paleo, and then, okay. and then herbs, because I know that yeah. you're a big herb enthusiast and- um, yeah, I would love to learn more. So, so they all tie in together, which is good because it's like a lot of different topics, but there's a soul connected purpose, which is obviously like health and wellness and, you know, holistic well-being, which is head to toe, inside, outside, all that good stuff. But So with you, like what were you first experiencing when you even started exploring this? Like what were your symptoms? So uh, I was overweight, which I can honestly say I've lost a lot of weight, but that was never why I started. So it's kind of been a, just a, I guess, a side effect. Um, but my weight was causing obviously like joint pain and other issues. So I thought, um, so I was like, oh, if I just lose the weight, my joint pain will go away. So I had joint pain, I had a lot of fatigue, I had horrible GI issues, and then I also had a ton of mental health issues. Um, I was almost hospitalized multiple times in college. Um, my parents just didn't know what to do with me. I've had some horrible scares. And so my brother was just like, look, I started this paleo thing. My dad's the one that found it. Um, my dad is like the super health nut. He's like really OCD. And like, we're always like, ah, he's crazy, whatever. <laughs> um, he found paleo and my brother was like, 
look, I gave it a shot because my acne was so bad and my acne is better, but my mental health is better. My energy is better. He's like, just try it. What do you have to lose? And this is like, you know, seven years ago, the main paleo people was like Mark Daily Apple and uh, Rob Wolf. And I want to say maybe Chris Kresser and that's about it. There wasn't like, it was just slowly coming out. Everyone thought it was weird and just bad back then. Paleo is just like, whatever. Um, so anyways, um, my brother's like, give it 30 days. Don't tell anybody, like, just see what happens. And for me, that was a big deal because I've been harassed about my weight for so long that I just hated going on diets because then it was like, Oh, I have to acknowledge it. And it was just embarrassing to me. So I was like, fine, I just won't tell anyone. I was living with my dad and he was buying, I was, he was giving me a credit card. I was going grocery shopping and preparing meals and I had to prepare paleo for him. So I just started eating paleo and just like getting rid of the other stuff and not saying anything so that he wouldn't talk to me about it. And I just saw a huge difference, like with literally a couple months. Um, and then when I moved, you know, that's like a huge upheaval because you've recently moved, obviously. Um, I started bringing junk back in and I felt terrible. And that was just like the indicator for me that like, obviously these other foods are causing problems. Like you need to stay paleo. Yeah. Oh, and I love that you share like all this whole spectrum of like from your brother with like it helping acne and like for you, not only was it like physical symptoms, but also like mental. What did you notice oh, yeah, in, like your, in your mental health? Um, so I had horrible depression. I had terrible anxiety, um, mood swings, really, really, really bad. Um, I, I mean, just like I was I, a couple of times was I honestly say my worst part of depression, I will be honest, was after paleo. Um, I was eating so many inflammatory foods that were a trigger for me. And that's not to say they're a trigger for everyone. But for me, they were so um, I got into the farmer's market. And in our area, you know, um, right now, the only thing you're getting at the farmer's market is peppers, tomatoes, pa uh, potatoes. Uh, you know, it's all eggplant. It's it's all nightshades. And I didn't know that was a trigger for me. Um, so I got this super duper like dark spit pit of despair. Um, didn't want to get out of bed. Didn't want to take care of anything and myself, animals. Like um, it, I felt alone. And it was just crazy how um, I think the purpose of paleo is removing inflammation. And for me, it wasn't enough. So that's when I kind of introduced the autoimmune protocol. Within two weeks, my mom was like, I don't know what you're doing, but don't stop. No. It was that big of a difference within two weeks. And wow. what I did was switch to the autoimmune protocol for me. And I don't think it's for everyone, but in this case, it was very important for me. Um, and then I just increased probiotics and I should have increased probiotics with paleo. Um, so I feel like if people aren't doing that, probiotics are essential to your gut health, which is also your mental health. Thank you. This is like so powerful information <laughs> because I think for a lot of people, like paleo can be a really great starting point, but it's like, yeah, it's your, like everyone is so unique. So it's like, if there's something like peppers, oh, those are healthy, but like not necessarily for you just because they're deemed right. as healthy. So it's awesome that you were able to identify those things. And see such a difference. Huge difference. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so how did that, so once you did AIP, have you been able to reintroduce anything? Anything? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm great on white rice. Um, like I said, I found out, um, this was actually a discovery within the last week or two, because um, I do see an herbalist now, and one of the girls that works with her, she's been amazing um, work 
seriously sometimes weirdly in sync, um, which is fun sometimes when you meet someone who understands and then you're like, oh, I came across this, you should read it. And then it, you, you know, it either fits or it doesn't. Um, but lectins are super, they're, um, they're a, a, I guess, a particle in food that protects the plant. Um, and so the highest lectin foods are grains, legumes, and which are obviously nose on paleo, which is part of the reason why, um, because lectins can be very inflammatory. And then the other one that is usually not an issue for some, but is for obviously people like me, um, are the nightshades. And so those are your top three, you know, they're full of lectins. Um, and so I just realized white rice is not considered a true grain because the bran and all the stuff on the outside has been removed. Um, so because I don't do a lot of carbs, I do minimize my rice intake, but I do eat white rice on occasion. Um, I reintroduce eggs, nuts and seeds are not a problem. Um, I'm trying to think what else is, I don't do dairy. So that wasn't a successful reintroduction, but that's not for everyone either. Um, and then what else is on AIP? My nuts and grains. I think that's it. I think those are my main reintroductions. Black pepper and seed-based spices were probably my favorite reintroductions. Oh, good. And you do well on those? Yeah, absolutely. And um, that kind of ties into obviously the herbalism, but I love to cook and I love flavor. Um, so I was really sad when I had to give up a lot of the really good ones. <laughs> yeah. What are your favorite like go-tos to make? Uh, Food-wise, just in general? Yeah. Um, so I love, I mean, honestly, I'm really basic in the morning. I love eggs and bacon. They're just easy, healthy fats and proteins. Um, I'll throw in sometimes, you know, spinach or whatever with that. Um, otherwise, um, I keep it simple. Sweet potato fries, asparagus, um, chicken or steak. I'll get fancy, but lately running a business and doing everything else, my air fryer and my instant pot are my best friends. Nice. And I said that into the cheesy like cliche of like oh everyone needs this kitchen gadget it's a lie go get an air fryer and go get an instant pot if you are busy <laughs> what do you make in your air fryer i'm that's on my list I'm everything gonna... um i will make chicken tenders chicken thighs roasted asparagus roasted broccoli um sweet potato fries uh tostones if you don't know what those are they're twice fried plantains Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, carb wise, I like to stick to starchy, um, higher fiber carbs like, that are whole foods. Um, so tostones, which are plantains, like I said, and then, uh, sweet potatoes are my big ones. Um, so those are perfect thrown in the air fryer because they're so quick and simple and easy. Um, I cook bacon in the air fryer, sausage. So it's like this beautiful tool that can be just a great asset to your kitchen. And I don't make <laughs> Hearing that, like just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, so I guess diving back into like the your journey on so you did AIP and then mm -hmm. we're having um relief of symptoms. And then how did that weave how did that get you into like holistic care? Um, so basically when I started out paleo, you're like eliminating all this stuff and you're learning ingredients. Well, from there, it's just this natural flow. Well, if all this crap's in our food, then what's in our cleaning supplies? And then you're like looking at cleaning supplies. So at one point I was making my own laundry detergent. Um, I'm definitely glad there's more on the market. So I don't have to make it anymore and I can go buy cleaner options. Um, but then from there, like cleaning supplies turned into, I started hair school and, um, we had to do this, um, ingredient assignment where we had to look at everything. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is horrible. So, um, I was still learning though. And I had to go kind of learn like what the industry is. And I was like, there isn't cleaner stuff. So I just got to deal with it. 
Um, but then I was going, I graduated, started going to work and I'm looking, I'm like, I feel like I'm living two different lifestyles because I'm like preaching like health and wellness on this hand. And then I'm going to work and you know, we, I was using one of those toxic, like chemical laden hair care products on the market every day. And so it was like, how can we like eliminate that and reduce it? So I started branching into skincare and makeup because that was easy. Um, and then my friend came up and was like, oh, hey, here's this organic line. Um, like, let's look like I, I know you're into that. Let's do some more research. And so um, I worked with converting the salon over because there wasn't very many of us. So that worked in my favor. Um, and the owner basically was like, sure, like, let's do it. So I got to work with um, the cleaner products. And the more and more and more I delved into ingredients, the more I realized, like, they're available. They're getting more and more popular. You just have to be willing to search them out. And if you don't and are not comfortable, find someone who knows what they're talking about because there are people who can literally pick up a, a bottle and be like, no, 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 that's garbage. Or this is great, this is great, this is great. Um, and you have different tiers. So I always tell people don't overwhelm yourself. Um, you have conventional. Um, and then this is not an industry standard terms, but this is how I clarify. Um, but you have clean beauty, which is going to be like their cleaner ingredients. They're less toxic. Um, they're going to perform more like your traditional hair care products um, or skincare or whatever you're using, makeup. Um, and then you have your green beauty, which is to me going to be like your super hippie stuff. Like um, I just picked up a product uh, for hair that is made with like marshmallow root and um, flaxseed gel and um, basically different herbs and plants, which, you know, is right up my alley. And yeah. there's very, very few, um, there's mostly just a couple natural preservatives and everything else, like super simple plant-based. Um, so to me, you just find, you ran out of shampoo go and research or find someone who can help and replace your shampoo. And then when you run out of conditioner, you do the next step. Cause I feel like that's the biggest thing is when people are converting. Um, if I were to convert just my hair care line right now, um, it'd probably be $150, $200. If I went and tried to do, I'm a makeup junkie, so I won't buy cheap makeup. So if I were to convert all my makeup all at once, it'd probably be two to $300 minimum. So that can be really scary, really overwhelming and a financial burden. So I always tell people like step by step just kind of one at a time, like find what works for you and then just pick the next one and then go from there. Yeah. So with the, so you said there's three hair care or a three like sectors. So with the mm -hmm. conventional, like what, so a couple brands, would that be like L'Oreal and like, yeah, L'Oreal, Redken, big, sexy hair. Um, but you also have to be careful because a lot of these bigger lines are starting to market all natural products and they're a little bit better. Yes, they're a better alternative, but they're not going to be great. Um, so be careful of those. Um, Raw Matrix is one right now that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, even Pureology, everyone's like, oh, it's essential oils. Well, L'Oreal bought out Pureology and changed a lot of the ingredients. And so I'm not knocking any of the brands. I'm just putting out there like this is facts. Yeah. Um, and so they're projected like super clean or even Aveda. Are they better than using something like L'Oreal and Matrix and Big Sexy Hair? Absolutely. Um, but they're still going to fall into the conventional hair care lines. Okay. Um, and so from there, you kind of just have to research. Uh, you know, there's over-the-counter stuff, which, again, Jason's not as clean as people think it is. Um, Avalon's not as clean as people think it is. So there's a term called greenwashing. Um, and so what they'll do is they'll put all this stuff in there. They'll take out one or two bad ingredients and then they'll put like 
and this is an extreme scenario, I'm just giving a rough example, but it'll be like organic citric acid, which is literally just a preservative. Uh, but then they're going to tell you, oh, it's green, like it's clean, it's healthy, it's organic, but it's called greenwashing because it's not really that clean. They took one or two minor ingredients, made them organic, and they can market it that way because our laws are not super strict in that department. Okay. And yeah. so are there any, are there any ingredients that like you, like off the top of your head that should be avoided? <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, EDTA is a known hormone disruptor, which I know you and I are big fans of. <laughs> um, SLS, which is sodium lauryl sulfate, and SLES, which is a derivative of sodium lauryl sulfate. Um, those are very harsh cleansers. They strip your hair color. They strip your natural oils. They're also just very aggressive on the skin and hair. Um, bispropyl glycol, I think is what it is, but it's BG for short. Um, or BPG, um, those PG, PEGs, like most of those um, are going to be petroleum-based. And obviously petroleum has a negative impact on our environment, but also is got a lot of side effects that are considered a little more toxic on the hair care and skincare side. Um, and then platelets are known hormone disruptors. They seem a lot in uh, breast cancer patients, like really high numbers. Um, and then obviously with women putting the most amount on our bodies and we're seeing the highest rates of cancer and autoimmune conditions, I feel like that's something we should be aware of. Um, and then artificial fragrance. Like, I don't know if you talk about this much, but to me, um, artificial fragrance is like the new secondhand smoke. Um, you see it in places like, I mean, fragrance isn't everything. Like, oh my gosh, it's so bad. The little plugins in the wall, the diffusers. Um, you really, really want to either find natural fragrance or someone like me. I am so fragrance um, sensitive that I have to find essential oil-based products. Um, or like natural fragrance if it's directly from a, like a plant-based item, like they infused rosemary. Okay, fine. Um, but you really have to kind of look and look for that fragrance, look for perfume. If you see it, that's like a, a really hardcore neurotoxin, um, which I know is a big fancy word, but it really does impact our health dramatically, especially with the amount that we get hit with it every single day and everywhere you go. Gosh. And Gosh. did you notice when you started like shifting off of the other products, did you become more like, did your nose become more sensitive? Absolutely. Like oh. I'm already a strong sense of smell. Um, but when I, and I guess that's just part of like my taste buds and everything. Um, but the more I got away from that stuff, it was like, whoa, like this smells amazing. And you can, um, I think that's what's increased my taste ability too, because you know, your taste in your nose is like so intertwined and you can like, you can tell nuances where it's like not just vanilla. Like sometimes I can tell the difference between vanilla, like types of vanilla, or, you know, like you, you have those super tasters with wine where they're like, oh, I had to take notes of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, like, you know, my sister got in the car one day with coffee and I was like, did you put cinnamon in your coffee? And she's like, you're weird. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it does make a huge difference. If you take the crap out, it like gives your body time to repair um, and not be subjected to it all the time. You're going to see a difference. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I noticed that um, I used to wear like buckets of perfume. Like uh -huh. people would smell me down the hall in college. I like so bad. And then now I've given that, I've just kind of like gone the other way. And now like if I spray one spray, I'm like, <sighs> and like, I just like anything, like people have like scents in their homes. Like the second I walk in, I'm, I'm just, now it's just like, I, I, I can't even, yeah, it's very, it's very aggressive. I struggle with that. I've had to tell a few clients, which is obviously 
touchy, but it's to the point I'm so sensitive that I either have to tell them not to hug me, which obviously makes nobody feel good, um, or tell them to try not to wear it to appointments um, because I am so sensitive. And in my environment, I will say the first thing everyone says when they walk in the door at work is, this shop smells amazing. And I'm like, they're like, I think the biggest thing is people are like, oh, if I don't use my body spray, I don't use this deodorant, I don't use this perfume, I'm not going to smell good. Um, but essential oils are super effective. And if you're eating healthy, your body emanates less odors because it's not having to detox so much. And then you can bring in, there's plenty of deodorants that are all natural that work. You just have to find what works for you. Um, there's plenty of body sprays that are essential oil based. You can still smell amazing without knocking you and your friend out next door. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's something I don't, I think more people need to be conscientious of because we're not understanding the impact that those chemicals have on our bodies. Oh, that's such a good point. And yeah, and that, I love what you said, even like when you are eating cleaner, like you don't have some, you don't have like body odor to cover up um, as much. And yeah, that's huge. <coughs> but, um, and so what else, I guess, around the, like starting your own line and like, what can you tell us a little bit more about like what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, obviously I run a holistic hair care boutique. I've always loved tea. Um, I love to cook. And so it's like um, going through a little bit of a soul searching last year, uh, I guess two years ago now, and was like, what is this common theme? And I realized it's plants. Like I love herbs. I love being out in the garden. Um, I love the way they smell. I love incorporating them in food. I love drinking the different herbal teas. Um, so I really started kind of going down the herbalism path. And herbalism is great because herbs are food. And so you can take them more medicinally in the form of, say, a tincture, um, or which is basically just like a concentrated herbal, you know, alcohol-based extraction. Um, but you can also incorporate it into food. And that's what makes, to me, herbs so powerful because they're so easy to incorporate on a daily basis. Um, even if it's not stuff you're comfortable with, like cilantro, like that's super, yeah, you could make a tincture out of it and take these droppers, or you could just add it to your food. Um, so... Because that, those herbs that are food-based are a little bit easier to incorporate, I wanted to kind of go a little more medicinal with people, um, getting them comfortable. Teas are a really great way. And so I started branding like my own teas. Um, I've got a moon cycle tea that's really good for women that have really heavy menstruation or really um, bad cramps, don't feel well, get really gross, irritable. Um, I also came up with a cramp bark elixir, which is basically um, – it's like a medicinal kind of application, but uh, cramp bark actually stops the spasm of the muscle. So it's really good for cramps, uh, muscle spasms, and tension headaches um, because it's helped stop the spasm. So it's not actually touching the pain, but if you don't have a spasm to create the pain, it can reduce pain by that matter. And you're not taking a bunch of heavy pain pill like killers because what's our biggest like epidemic right now, but like the opioids and people feeling like they're constantly trying to take more and more pain medicine, they don't work. Um, and I know of a lot of women that are like, oh my gosh, my cramps kill me. And that's kind of a symptom, but you can still treat the symptoms while you're working on the root cause. And that I think is ultimately why I ended up with like herbs is herbs can help your body correct the root cause. If that makes sense. That makes so, total sense. Yeah. Because basically herbs are going to help your body. They're all going to be a little bit different and some can be stronger than others. But overall, they're the properties of different individual herbs just help your body work to its best ability. So some herbs are going to help balance, whereas others are going to strengthen, others are going to weaken. It just depends on what's going on with you. Okay. 
And so even like, even on the topic of like menstruation and cramping, so like, which, like, are there specific herbs that like help balance the hormones or how are they working? Yeah. So there's stuff that can help balance the hormones. I like to be careful with that because I'm still learning. I I mean, I've got some great knowledge in what I know, Mm -hmm. um, but because hormones are more tricky, I definitely suggest working with someone who's a little bit more clinical based and certified um, in like, they're called clinical herbalists and they can kind of work with you on that. Um, But you like black cohosh, wild yam, those can help with like hormone regulation. Like I said, I like to be a little more cautious with those because they can be um, if you don't know if you're progesterone dominant or estrogen dominant and you're taking the wrong stuff, that can really throw you even more out of whack. Yeah. Um, so we're start with, um, I like to address more of the symptoms, but they kind of do address the symptoms at the root cause. So for example, if you've got really heavy menstrual cramps, really heavy menstrual bleeding, um, and they're painful, mugwort is really good for helping with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't taste great. That's why I've created a tea blend to, try, to kind of throw other flavors in there to kind of balance that out. Um, but like red raspberry leaf is a really good toning herb and it helps tone the muscles, which if you have stronger muscles and the cramp spasm, it sounds like it make it worse, but it actually controls the spasms. So they're not as in- intense, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Um, also ginger is really good. Like I know, and this is going to be a super girl topic, but I know that there's been months where you're like. I wish my period would just start. I feel gross and disgusting and I feel like I'm just nasty. And if it would just start, I feel better. Well, you can take ginger and drink three, you know, three cups of ginger and it will help kind of get things moving and push the body. That's why you do have to be careful with pregnancy and knowing like certain herbs are good and certain herbs are bad. Cause obviously if you have something that's going to, you know, start things going, you don't want to take that while you're pregnant. Um, so you do minimal amounts or avoid when you're pregnant. Um, so always like definitely talk to someone who knows what they're doing when it comes to that. Um, but like with my moon cycle blend, um, I also added in like chocolate mint, um, peppermint and the mint family are like really good for controlling like nausea and like kind of picking your mood up a little bit. Cause when do you smell mood and uh, mint and not feel better, you know, yeah, right. um, then chocolate mint has a little bit more of that chocolatey flavor and that's exactly what people are going to crave when they're PMSing anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I incorporate stuff like that. Um, that really, it, it targets specific stuff, but creating a blend that also, it's still medicinal um, in taste, but it will make it taste a little bit more enjoyable, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, and Absolutely. that's where you can get a lot more specific with certain stuff. Yeah. And I love it, what you said, even about just like treating root cause versus symptoms. And also like, did you have, I, I know I used to have terrible cramps, really, if this may be TMI, but like, lots of clotting and like just like really bad periods and changing going through paleo that I have great like I'm like have great <laughs> I hardly experience any symptoms I'm just like it comes it yeah. goes and I'm like and it's light and it's like did you notice a big difference when you change your diet I saw a small change I actually had endometriosis pre-AIP and after AIP I definitely um I haven't had any return um, I'm still dealing with hormone imbalances. That's why I'm seeing the herbalist. So I'm still like, noticing stuff. But what's crazy is I've been working on my thyroid and then I have um, some other issues that can throw uh, the hormones out of whack. But we have I've never picked up a hormone cream. I've never picked up a shot. I, I'm not using birth control to regulate. I'm doing everything with herbs. So I've been um, obviously prescribed by an herbalist or not prescribed, but suggested by an herbalist. Um, but I've been using evening primrose oil, 
uh, Black Cohosh, Wild Nam, and I've seen a huge dramatic change in how good and how bad the periods are. And so that's where I would say if you're having hormonal issues, try to find someone who knows hormones that actually can help you work with the plant. Um, I've seen huge results and I've gone to doctors who told me I'm fine. I want to give me birth control. Oh my and gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would yes. ask it for definitely like, don't take what the doctor says at face value. If you're hurting that badly and you're not feeling good, you know, your body better than anyone else. Go find someone who will help you. Absolutely. Like there are options out there. Um, I started making my herbal smokes as well, and they're basically um, same concept as a cigarette. They have a filter, they're rolled, but they're all herbal. There's no tobacco, there's no illegal herbs, like everything's totally, you know, everyday fine. Um, but I made moon cycle smokes, which again, they have mugwort, they have some stuff to help with the cramping and the irritability. And I had a girl, she's like, messaged me after trying them, and she's like, I've tried everything, and holy crap, this is the first thing that's oh actually God. helped me. I slept well, my pain went away, I could function. And she's, I mean, you have doctors prescribing, um, not quite Laura tabs, but like hardcore painkillers, but that's not addressing the issue. Like you're in pain because your body's out of whack. So if you can find someone who can help you get your body in sync and address your cycle, you're gonna see a lot more in the elimination of all those issues. Oh my, absolutely. And so what are the, the smokes versus like a, a tea versus like a tincture? What is the so this is gonna get a little bit more in depth and definitely i'm into intuitive herbalism which is doing what like makes sense and feels right for the body and what creates more of an instinct so um when you're coming down to do i pick a liquid a tea um a capsule um some of it is convenience and some of its preference but there's also reasons behind it so obviously if you're not a smoker and you have no desire to smoke, and a moon cycle smoke's not gonna benefit you. You're gonna feel uncomfortable, it's not gonna be enjoyable, you may not care for it, it may feel too harsh. Um, but if you somewhat, you do enjoy smoking, and some people, like they wanna smoke, but they're like, oh, smoking's bad for you. Um, I'm not saying it's perfectly healthful, healthy, but a lot of the stuff in smoking that's bad is nicotine's addictive, and then they add in all these carcinogens and toxins and whatnot into these cigarettes that cause all the cancer problems. Um, but if you go look back at generations and generations and generations of humanity, every culture at some point has something they smoke. I mean, think about all the ancient tribes and everything. Yeah. If you're someone who's comfortable with it, absolutely, it's going to deliver the medicine, like, you know, the medicinal aspect. I have to be careful how I word stuff because mm -hmm. it's not true, but it's yeah. helping. Um, but if you're breathing that in, you're getting it right to your lungs, right to your bloodstream. You're also, to me, um, I do, I'm allergic to tobacco. That's part of the nightshade family. So I don't smoke it because it causes massive inflammation for me. Um, but if I smoke an herbal cigarette, it's like, you're relaxed. There is something calming and soothing about that, that helps you kind of reduce your anxiety, reduce your irritability, be more present. And so then when you add in the herbal benefit to that, you're creating a quicker, faster acting response. Um, after that, your next go-to, if you're like, I'm just not comfortable with that. Um, a tea or a tincture. It's a liquid. It gets delivered very quickly. Um, making tea can be, you know, very ritualistic for some people and very calming and soothing. Um, you do have to drink higher quantities, obviously. <coughs> Sorry, I'm doing a little bit of a summer uh, sinus thing. But, um, <laughs> the tea, you have to usually do three to four cups a day, depending on what tea you're drinking. 
Um, so like with a premenstrual tea or something uh, menstrual related, you'd want to do three cups a day. Um, and then you also have the benefit of a tincture. It's super fast acting. It's delivered through alcohol. But if you're someone who's not comfortable with drinking and consuming any type of alcohol, then you definitely would want to stick with a tea. And then the last and like I, capsules are helpful, especially if you've got a lot going on and you need to do a bunch of different stuff. Um, but otherwise, it turns into being like a pill. It has to break down in your body. It's the slowest delivery. So I don't have any issues with capsules. I take a bunch. There, I work with my herbalists. Um, but I don't think it's your first go-to unless you just need super high amounts for quantities or you need, you're targeting something really specific. Okay. But and I'm also, keep in mind, I'm also more like grassroots. Like I like taking my time. Um, you know, tinctures, you can make them a fast method. I'm obsessed with doing the slow method. I think in our society, there's a time factor. And I think we're so like convenience, convenience, convenience. And I think there's something that's missing from taking the process if that makes sense. Totally. And even I guess with like, you said mentioned like food herbs, like cilantro adding, is there, yeah. is there a certain the like amount that you'd have to take to actually have a b beneficial effect? Uh, so yes, but no. So you have to remember that when you're using herbs, like quantity is everything. But I've learned with a lot of things in our society, we're like, oh, I took this pain pill and it's not working. So let me take more. Or I took this and it's not working. So let me take more. We're so obsessed with quantity. Um, and it's like more is more is more. And that's what we need to get better. And I've actually learned that sometimes less is more. So for example, like if you're trying to detox, if you overdo it, um, like for example, Rosemary Gladstar is a really good herbalist who talks about like everyday herbal stuff. And so if someone's wanting to learn more, definitely go research her because she teaches you starting safe and not overwhelming yourself. Um, but she has this awesome, uh, uh, burdock based, uh, I'm sorry, root beer tea. And what I did was I boiled the tea down into a decoction, which just basically means you evaporate a lot of the water out. And then I turned it into a syrup. So I've been drinking root beer. I just add sparkling water and I, it's herbal, but it tastes like you're drinking root beer. Um, but burdock and some of the other herbs, um, like dandelion root, ginger, they detox your liver. So you're like, cool, like let me detox and get all the crap out. But if you detox too fast, then you're getting pimples that coming out through your skin. You don't feel good. You feel crummy. So sometimes less is actually better. And so I, when you're trying to incorporate it as a food, I definitely think that like little quantities, they have a therapeutic and a beneficial effect. Um, but doing a little bit at a time can sometimes almost be better because you're letting your body slowly adjust. So like, obviously if you're sick, we definitely were always like, Oh, I want to get better. I got to get back to work. I want to get better. But sometimes we need that time for our body to rest, recuperate, heal. And so adding the herbs in can help your body do that. But we, it doesn't mean you should rush the process and run right back to work. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So even little amounts, a little bit at a time can just make such a huge difference. You may not see it today. You may not see it tomorrow, but you might be surprised how next week and the week after all of a sudden you're like, oh, like now that I think about it, I have more energy this week. Or now that I think about it, my skin looks better. Or now that I think about it, my I'm, I'm less stressed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What do you think um, for you? What is like, what is your personal testimonials with herbs so far? Um, so I love that there's like a bazillion to choose from. And so mm -hmm. I have a huge garden that I tend and I'll definitely share a video with you if anyone's interested. Um, yes, please. I think culinary herbs are amazing. 
um, rosemary, oregano. They're all antibacterial. We are so quick to grab a dried herb. Go to the store, buy a fresh herb, and just try incorporating it in different meals that week and see. Um, obviously, those are more pungent, so they've got a really strong flavor, um, so less to sometimes more, and that's probably a good thing. Um, I see a lot of people so quick to gra grab um, the new thing as a oregano essential oil. When you're sick, put it in a capsule. Um, but, like, that's a ton, a ton, a ton of really potent um, antibiotics. And you and I both know that if you – like, antibiotic, there goes all your good stuff too. Yeah. So sometimes taking a little bit and not pushing the system is actually better. So I've started doing more fresh herbs when I cook. Um not just the basics. If you like, obviously basil, oregano, thyme, parsley, cilantro, everyone's really familiar with those. Those are a great place to start. Could you just go buy a little plant? They're at the grocery stores. Now you chop it up, add it to different stuff. If you want to get a little bit more, um, ginger and turmeric are great to sprinkle on stuff. There are tons of flavor. They're really good for, you were asking about, um, like GI and helping with that. Um, soothe the stomach, they increase digestion. Anytime you increase digestion, you're going to get more benefits from the food you're already eating, which is what's so beautiful about herbs because you're adding flavor, but you're getting a, a therapeutic effect too. Um, and then if you really want to get a little bit more outside your scope, you can look at like um, calendula. That's a flower. It's a really pretty little orange flower, but the petals are really good on salads and it's super gut healing and it's really good for your skin. Um, so that's a really cool thing that you could just sprinkle on salads. You can make a tea, you could take a bath with it. Calendula is a pretty safe herb, so you can't over really, you can't really overdo it. Um, so it's good for topical, inside, food. I mean, you've got tons of uses. Um, and then if you're really wanting to get a lot more into it, then I definitely, like I said, um, I don't make money for saying this, but Rosemary Gladstar's book is super beginner friendly. I want to say it's like 12 to 20 herbs that, that you can't overdo. So they're considered, um, I think the topic or the category is called generally safe, which means that you could take and take and take and take and you're not going to hurt yourself. You're not going to hurt someone else. So it's a great way to explore um, and you have to do fun stuff. Like I said, the root beer uh, tea, I just boiled it down, added sugar, and you can look up how to make a syrup. It's super simple. Um, and then I add that to sparkling water and I have root beer that's not full of a bunch of crap. It's actually helping me and benefiting me and it tastes amazing. That's awesome. And are there any that like, like with herbs, like cooking them down versus eating them raw? Is there, do you get more benefits from one or the other? <laughs> um, with the culinary herbs, the beautiful thing about them, most of them, your gut's going to guide you. I don't think I've ever eaten raw rosemary. I don't know many people that want to. Um, yes. It's pretty, so you're going to cook it down and that's going to help release the flavors. Um, cilantro. A lot of people, pref if you like cilantro, you tend to eat it raw because when you cook it down, it loses some of the flavor. Mm -hmm. So always listen to your gut. Um, there's a saying, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, so forgive me, but um, it's like an Indian saying um, or a Native American saying or some traditional culture, um, but it's basically that we have three brains. Our biggest brain is our gut, and it's the smartest brain, and it has the most information and the most knowledge, and we call that intuition. Um, and then our second brain is our heart, and that's going to be our second strongest and it's our feelings and our emotions um, and then our third brain is the dumbest but it helps us sometimes and that's our actual brain um, so I know from a more scientific point of view that we've got all these enzymes and microbes and um, good bacteria in our gut and they're sending all these messages via hormones um, through our body and through proteins and so I think it makes sense that it is our our biggest brain because it has all these different things trying to help us 
Um, so if you kind of just look at it and you're like, okay, that just makes sense, then you're going to be safe. Usually if you got a good gut feeling, um, follow it because if it's telling you don't eat this, this doesn't feel right. You should probably not eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, in today's society, we don't listen to it enough. No. So if you start getting more in tune with your body and start listening to those, you'll actually get better at listening to it. And then like, if you go, if you listen to your gut and you're like, okay, it's telling me no. And I do it anyways. And you have really bad results. Then you're just reaffirming that I should have listened to my gut instinct. And that was, okay, this would have been better if I cooked it or not cooked it or fell in the blank. So I would say with that, um, some stuff does matter. Like marshmallow root, we were talking about gut earlier. Um, marshmallow root and slippery elm are amazing. A lot of people want to take a root and you want to um, boil it down, which is what's typical. With those, that's where you definitely want to know that a cold infusion, which just means water and herbs together and let it sit on the counter or in the fridge, will actually give you better results. So definitely research and learn about the herbs when you're, your culinary herbs are simple. A lot of people are comfortable. Start there. Um, but when you start getting a little bit more outside it, just make sure you're reaching, researching the herbs. If you boil marshmallow root, it's not going to hurt you. It's still going to help, but you're going to have way more benefit if you were to drink it cold. So it's kind of just little nuances like that. Yeah. Okay. And no, I love what you said about the gut. There was so much in what you just said. It's so important. I think for people to hear is just like tune in because yeah, we are so quick to just want to be like, ask a doctor or ask someone or look up something online. But if your body's telling you like, this isn't working or like, this isn't for me or like, I really feel called to this, but so-and-so it didn't work for them. So it's just like, yeah, be willing to be like, tune in to what your body is going for. And that's the one thing I will definitely say about herbs that's super important. A lot of people get frustrated with all natural remedies because they're like, oh, well, someone said to take peppermint for headache and it doesn't work. Well, that's when you need to step back and you have to understand that your body's different, your background's different, your constitution's different. And herbs, there are like a hundred herbs that can help a headache. And then you have to step back and say, well, what kind of headache do I have? Is this a tension headache? Is this a migraine? Um, Is this a stress headache? Is this, um, I've had too much sleep headache? Like, which sounds crazy, but it's because your body's doing different stuff. And so if you have a migraine, peppermint's probably not going to help you. Like in that case, you probably do need something a little bit more specific targeted for a migraine. If you have a tension headache, the peppermint might help you feel better and help you relax, but it might not be enough to help take the edge off that tension headache. In that case, you might want something that can relax the muscles a little bit more and do the cramp bark elixir because that's going to help you relax that spasm. Usually attention headaches through here where you're carrying it or through here. And then you're like, okay, well, that didn't work. Well, no, step back and say, let's get a little more specific and find the herb that treats the specific. And then again, listen to your gut because just because it didn't work for this person doesn't mean it won't work for you and vice versa. Absolutely. And then what would you tell somebody, I guess, who like, as far as, you know, I know for me, I get into this trap too, where I'm like, Ooh, herbs. And then it's just like, kind of just using them as, as not a crutch, but as like (coughs) still needing to address the, the root cause of like, okay, well, if I do have like the tension headache, where is this actually coming from? Is there gut issues that is driving this? Like if I'm eating a bunch of gluten, I can't just take a bunch of peppermint or herbs to, you know, like what's your advice around that? This is going to be really deep and I promise I won't get too into it, but people should definitely look into it is where I'm going with it. Um, That again goes back to holistic and holistic health is mind, body, spirit, community, 
Um, it's everything. And I'm not saying that to overwhelm yourself, but again, herbs can help treat the symptoms. They can help you get to the root cause, but I'm really learning a lot about emotions and disease, biohacking, our brains, this one, um, are super freaking powerful and they are seeing more. And I'm not saying this is a cause and effect. So I don't want anyone to think I'm trying to say, Oh, um, I have this because of this, but they're showing more and more that when you have certain negative self-talk and negative self-behaviors, they're getting trapped in your body and they're creating a, a response. Your body is listening to that and it's sending, again, we're talking about those hormones and those proteins that are sending messages all day, every day. So if you have all this negative self-talk in your body and you keep saying like, I'm fat and ugly, I'm fat and ugly, I'm fat and ugly, um, there's that experiment with the plant where they had a good two plants. And one plant in the same lighting and same everything, same environment, they said, I love you, I love you, I love you every day. And the other plant, they said, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you every day. And the plant that said, I love you every day was beautiful, it was flourishing, it looked gorgeous. The one that was said, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you every day was just droopy and sad and sickly and wasn't doing well. And so if you can do that to a plant, your brain is controlling your body and we're also interconnected with all these different cells. It to me blows my mind to think that we can say that to ourselves every day and not see that repercussion. So to me, mind over matter. I'm not saying I'm fat and ugly makes me fat and ugly, but if you believe that, you're going to continue to engage in behaviors that give you that effect. So if you keep telling yourself like I'm healthy and I'm well and I love myself and I care about myself um, or any type of like positive mindset, you're automatically going to shift that perspective and you're going to start looking for things that create that reality so not to get super deep but to me this is the root of everything is that you have to shift your mindset and you have to look for more positive ways to like self-correct and the more you feed yourself the bad stuff the more you're going to look for that and find it whereas if you try to shift and it's not a happy go lucky but it's just looking for the good and the positive and saying okay if i'm getting tension headaches where is this kind of coming from? Is it stress because I'm listening to someone all the time and I'm not following my gut? Well, again, it goes back to the gut. Like, okay, stop, turn the, tune the other person out, focus on you and what makes you happy. Listen to your gut. And if you're listening to your gut, you're usually not wrong. Yeah, thank you for, oh, that's beautiful. Yes. I think that's, it's so powerful. What our belief systems, like, I think that's overlooked a lot on like what's going on in your life, in your brain, what you're thinking about yourself, how you're, yeah. So pausing to tune in. Yeah. What do you think, what would your advice be for somebody like starting out, like starting to shift that kind of like negative self-talk? What's, is there like a, any activities that you um, Yeah, absolutely. Meditation all the way. Um, you're seeing more and more of it on, well, I don't watch the news, so we'll say in our Facebook <laughs> You're seeing more and more of it on social media, like schools replacing detention with meditation and having They are? That is my favorite thing that I've heard in a long time. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I just, I think we are not giving this brain enough credit for how powerful it is. Um, but also it is overwhelming, but our, it's like, look up biohacking, look up emotions and disease if you're interested in it. Um, it's called neuroimmunological symptoms and it's very much like, it's so powerful. So don't overwhelm yourself, but just take little steps at a time. The best advice I can give if you're just starting and you're just like, oh my gosh, that's really, really deep and like overwhelming and I don't know where to begin is every time I catch myself saying something negative, I find an affirmation to counteract it because honestly, breaking the habit and the cycle is the hardest part because sometimes you're so far in down in that habit and cycle that you don't even realize you're doing it. 
So for example, this is the biggest stressor for anyone. And I know it's the simplest place to start. So anytime I find myself stressing about money and how I'm going to pay bills or do whatever, I stop, I take a deep breath and I say, I have more than enough money. And it's been so weird because when I have started doing that, I've eliminated some of my anxiety. I've eliminated some of my stress. I've got a more proactive and positive outlook. And then little opportunities just keep appearing. And because I'm in this positive mindset and I have more than enough money, it makes you feel like you can do anything. I'm starting to pay attention. So when opportunities present themselves, I'm actually making more money. And the only thing I've changed is I have more than enough money. So anytime you catch yourself doing something negative, stop, find an affirmation, whether you come up with it yourself or you Google or Pinterest and say affirmation for finances or affirmation for stress or affirmation for sadness. Like, like um, that's not to say don't you, you have to process your emotions, but just stop and try to find more positive ways of like seeing a situation. What, what can I learn from here? Where can I grow? Yeah. I no, I love this. And I think also too, like if those thoughts come up to if like, if it keeps come, you know, the constant like reoccurrence of the same thought to be able to see it and just pause for a second and be like, Hey, like, I hear you. Like, what are you saying? Yeah. Like with the money, like you're like stressing about bills or something like, right. like those thoughts are probably, there's just that part of you that wants to look out for you make sure you're okay. And it's like, okay, we got this. Like, it's going to be a, yeah be okay and then like with the affirmations I think this is so powerful so thank you for sharing absolutely yeah awesome well um I guess is there if you could give three more pieces of advice for the world to improve like their their health the first like three things for someone starting off on this journey what do you think you'd share that uh, okay. So number one, absolutely daily habits. We have this huge thing that we have to go out and change the world. Um, the best way to change the world is to change yourself every morning when you get up, do one thing different or one thing to better yourself. We underestimate the value of the little. And to me, the daily, the small things you do every day over the course of time have the biggest and the longest impact. So absolutely daily habits. Like, I mean, it's that simple. Um, the second thing would be start, um, it, it kind of ties in together, um, but don't overwhelm yourself. Don't jump in. Don't try to do everything at once. Um, if you want to make a healthy change for your health, um, start by just kicking out the processed foods. That's the best thing you could possibly start with, in my opinion. There's so many toxins and additives and preservatives in processed foods. Start there. When you get a good handle on it and you feel confident, then just go to the next step and the next step and the next step. Um, so one thing at a time. Um, and then the third thing is, um, honestly, just love yourself and be gracious. Like we're not perfect. We have this like professionist society and it's overwhelming and that's what makes it so hard to want to start anything. Um, you see people like me, I've been doing this eight years. If I make it look easy, there's probably a reason why I've been doing it eight years. Yeah. Um, eight years of knowledge. I've had eight years of experience. I've had eight years to screw up and start over. Um, I've had eight years to um, learn what works and what doesn't and what my body needs and what's different from what your body needs. Um, so absolutely give up the perfectionist mindset and don't let that derail you. So, I mean, without a doubt, I, I think we just got, we've got to get rid of that. It, it's so hard because we're like, oh, I can't do it perfectly, so I can't start. And it, or I screwed up, so I'm just going to go crazy all week. And my brother once told me, he said, when I screw up, I tell myself the next two meals have to be perfect. 
And it was genius because it, it, if you screw up for breakfast and you eat lunch and dinner, um, quote unquote, perfectly, it, it's not about being perfect. It's about getting you back in the mindset and getting you back on the wagon and getting you back on being focused so that you're not turning, you know, oh, I had dessert last night. Okay, cool. Like it's life. We're living life. Like go eat dessert once in a while the moon or once in a while, um, depending on what works for your body, but don't beat yourself up the next day. Just keep going. And I think that's where we get derailed the most is we beat ourselves up and we're not gracious and loving to ourselves. And then we've got all this negative self-talk and then that feeds back into kind of what we've already talked about. Beautiful. Oh, I thank you so much. I need to hear this every day. <laughs> Cause yeah, we all fall. I mean, as like you said, like I've been on this journey for a while. So, but there's been so much like trips and falls and like beating myself up. And so like learning, like get it. It's just, everything's a process. So that's human. Like that's what we're here for. We're here to struggle. I know people don't want to hear that. Um, but when we struggle is when we learn is when we grow and that goes back to the mindset instead of looking at, Oh, I screwed up. Like what did I learn? And honestly, and I've been, obviously we talked about my mental health issues where I am today. A lot of it, I've done the paleo. I think it's amazing. I've done the herbs. They're great and fantastic. Um, the most amount of progress that I have seen has been in the last six months and I've been working on nothing but mindset. And so if you start nowhere else, um, I think the health is important. I think it's all interconnected. I think that health gives you the, um, like the basis to have a, like, you know, if you're tilling infertile soil, it doesn't matter how much you work, it's not going to do any good. Yeah. So well can give you the, the groundwork to improve your mindset. Um, but if you have to pick one thing, mindset is everything. Because the mindset, I think, is like the domino that you flick over that makes everything else fall into place. Because you can't have a positive mindset and not take care of your body. You can't have a positive mindset and not want to be better. Is there anything like resources that you'd share with anyone to... Um, I don't know about anything specifically other than like definitely look up emotions and disease and, um, emotions and, um, affirmations. Um, I, I don't think it's a, I guess some people are calling it biohacking. So if you're more into the sciencey side of things, Google like bind, uh, mind hacking <coughs> and biohacking. If you're into more of like the, like feel good and you're just more like, I'm more of an emotional person. So, um, I'm and more passionate and I love the science, but I, eat off the other stuff better. Um, so definitely look up emotions and disease. And then that way, I think that's important too, because we all learn differently. So someone who's not super into the sciencey thing might get bored and just not want to find the information out. Um, yeah. Whereas if you were to say, no, like I, I, I know I can do this. If you're more spiritual, absolutely look up emotions and affirmations because there's, I, I wish I had the link, but, um, and I can probably send it to you if you want to post it. Um, but there's a dictionary of symptoms or an encyclopedia, if you will, of symptoms. And so you could click, anxiety is a really good one. If you're anxious, you feel out of control. So if you stop and take a deep breath and say, I feel like I have control over my life and I feel fine and I am present, um, usually that helps calm your anxiety symptoms almost immediately. Mm. Um, so I can send you that link and it's super beneficial because you just Google your, you click the symptom and it will give you an affirmation that's appropriate for the symptom that you're dealing with. Oh, I cannot wait to use that. Yes, I'm excited for, for real. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I feel yeah, like you. you have so much valuable information. I feel like I definitely am going to ask you to come back again to like dive into, I feel like there's about 30 subtopics within what we talked about that we could dive into. So, um, but I really, <laughs> 
I really appreciate you coming on and I'm psyched to, to keep exploring this. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Yeah. And there you have it. So I'm so happy we were able to have Kat on the show. She is such an incredible resource and I cannot wait to have her back on the show because there's so much more we can dive into here. And I feel like we just hit the tip of the iceberg for all these topics. And if you are interested in Kat's holistic hair care or skincare line or her herbalism line with the teas and the tinctures and the herbal smokes, you can find those at shop at aura.com. So that's shop at A-U-R-A.com. And then main takeaways here, number one, the power of elimination diets. So the paleo autoimmune protocol, and there's other protocols out there, but it's really about figuring out what is working for you, your individual body. And there are a lot of problematic foods that are, are commonly problematic foods like gluten and dairy and soy. And I know it can feel overwhelming to rid of your favorite foods or even know what to eat or really like how to you know eliminate and reintroduce because it doesn't have to be forever and so if you need help with this this is where my expertise is this is what i do with clients every single day and i promise you like we see i see massive transformations in days with people who just are eating common trigger foods that just aren't working for them so we want to find out as quickly as possible what is working for you and so the power of elimination diets, figuring out what is right for you is so incredibly important in your health and as Kat mentioned, in your, in your neurological function, in the way you perceive life. And so um, definitely tune in to that and know that you are your own dietary expert though, that just because there's some resource that tells you that X, Y, or Z is healthy, that it may not be working for you. So listen to your body and then not only just what you put in your mouth, but also what you're putting on your body. So as we dove in with chemical cleaners and the hair care and the skin care, really starting to pay attention to those ingredients and that you don't have to do an overhaul. Like Kat said, it's just like start doing simple swaps with, you know, as you run out of shampoo, next time you buy shampoo, get, you know, up level it and conditioner and chemical cleaners for your house. And ewg.org is a really great resource. It's a huge database where you put in, you know, I'm using Neutrogena's cleanser and it'll tell you the toxins that are in it and it gives it like a toxin rating. And then you can look up like best things that are best options. Pure Haven is a really great non-toxic brand that's not just like greenwashed, but really, truly they have such integrity in that company um, for their products. So definitely recommend them. Okay. And then third thing, the power of herbs. So learning about alternative forms of medicine that not just to, you know, rely on antibiotics and these corticosteroids to suppress the immune system and all these things that we're kind of just handed when there's alternative ways to manage symptoms and to tune in. So fourth thing is the mindset and beliefs part takeaway our health is directly related to our thoughts and our belief systems and things that we're holding on to. They manifest the things in our body. And this is something that I have been working a lot with with clients and personally on myself lately, um, stress management, emotional stress, taking time to just journal. These doing that, I know I feel like a lot of times we don't put enough emphasis on that. And I'm guilty of this just like, oh, what, what supplement do I need? Or, you know, what workout do I need to do? How much water do I need to drink? And 
water, absolutely drink water, but, um, but so often it's so, we're looking for external remedies when so much of it is internal and things just sitting in silence. And I know that can be a lot harder or easier said than done. And, but just tuning in to what your body's calling for and to giving yourself space to, to ask, like, how am I doing? What is going on for me right now? And creating that space for yourself can be life-changing. So mindset and beliefs, start noticing your self-talk and start, you know, recognizing it and bring awareness to it. And be like, where is this coming from? And just be gentle with yourself. You're doing the best you can with what you have right now and trust that that is enough. And this is a process. And if you need help, I'm here. So reach out to me anytime, mindfulbelly at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram. And until next time, love yourself. You absolutely deserve it. And I love you guys. Bye.